Hello and welcome back to Knucklehead Mike and his dumbest mistakes that he made building companies. This is one that is, you know, of all the things that you learn in business and do in business, this is probably the most important one and the mistake that I've made a couple times now as I've gone through the journey of building companies. It is stopping taking care of my body when business is either thriving, surviving, or diving. Like we only get one body. We only get to do this once. We don't get to screw this up and do it again. And I see this all the time. I see this all the time with entrepreneurs who are driven, who are going to that next level. They're consumed by their business and they don't take care of their health. I've lost way too many friends in their 40s, in their 50s, and 60s that just were winning the game of business, winning the game of entrepreneurship, but losing the game of health. And so I want you to learn and gain from my pain. I did this a, a few times. And each time I'm like, dude, your body, your health, physical and mental health, is so much more important than any business, any order, any deal. I want to take you through a little bit of a journey. So, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been building and starting companies from scratch for the past 30 years. Bottom line is I'm battle tested. But why am I talking about this thing called health? Let me share. First off, I have this belief system. We are men and women long before we were businessmen and women. And I have this theory that I call the Entrepreneur's Trilogy, which is that we live three movies simultaneously every day of the week, heart set, mindset, and skill set. I'm not going to go into all of the details on each of these things. I'm going to talk today about heart set. Ultimately, we can only grow our businesses to the extent that we can grow ourselves. It's not just about tactics and strategies and digital marketing and social media and uh, strategic plans, we have to grow. The skill required to build a business from zero to a quarter of a million dollars, for example, is a lot different than the skill to build it from a quarter of a million to a million or a million to five or five to 10. I've been through it all several times, not just personally, but with my clients. We can only win if we are willing to grow. So here's one of those things that, yeah, we're kind of talking about business and entrepreneurship and stuff. So Mike, why are you talking about this health thing? Aren't you stepping outside of maybe your skill set a little bit? I don't think so. Pretty versed in this area. And I'm going to share with you why your health is the most important thing. The first movie, which I call Heart Set, is really three pieces. Heart Set is our health our relationships, our friends and family, and our happiness. If you and I are going through this journey called life and we have our health, we have great relationships, and we are happy, guess what? We've won. Everything else on top of this is just gravy. Health is that one thing that we all take for granted until it's taken away. But if you have your health, it's phenomenal. So all I'm going to talk about today is health. There are two pieces of health. There is mental health and then there is physical health. You can you know, talk about spiritual health. You can talk about a whole variety of different areas. 
But today I'm going to talk about physical health. Now, if you've lived more than a day, you've experienced the loss of loved ones. You've experienced the loss of friends. You know, we are surrounded by a bizarre society where there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. It can really affect us. It can affect us physically. It can affect us mentally. But health is that one thing. And I've made this mistake before. Don't ignore the fact that you only get one body. We only get one chance to go through life. We don't get to go through and screw this up and come back again some other time and say, hey, you know what? All right, I, I screwed this up the first time. You know, I was really unhealthy and I didn't take care of myself and I died early, but no, you know what? Next time I'm gonna do it right. No, it's life, take one. You don't get two chances. So when you've got your physical health and you've got your mental health, man, you are living in a kick-ass world. You are in a place that is so wonderful. It's hard to get here. It's hard to stay here. I'm going to share with you a few ideas that I've used over the years to make sure that I stay in as peak state as possible. Building a business is difficult. You know, there is no two ways about it. When you start your business, I always say this, when you're starting a business, it's a beautiful thing. You get to work half days. You just get to choose which 12 hours it is. You want to start there. That's like spring training. That's part of boot camp. You want to start there, but you don't want to stay there. Oftentimes, as we're growing businesses, I've worked with so many entrepreneurs. I've been through this myself. You get so wrapped up in building it and growing it and getting to that next level and being excited about it or being stressed over it or being overwhelmed by it or being challenged by it or being scared of it or you know all the other things that go with it. But our physical and our mental health gives you a competitive advantage because every entrepreneur out there is going through the same thing. That's why I love you. That's why I love the entirety of the entrepreneur. It takes so much guts. I think entrepreneurs are whacked. We're whacked. Who in their right mind would work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40? We're whacked. But I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a fun kind of crazy. It really is a fun kind of crazy. So I mentioned earlier, we only get one opportunity to go through life. We have this vehicle, let's call it an automobile. Our body is an automobile. And we have the ability to treat this automobile like a fine-tuned Ferrari that just purrs or a Maserati or a phenomenal high-end race car. We get the opportunity to coddle it, take care of it, treat it as a beautiful gift, or it can be a clunker. It can be a clunker that sits on the side of the road. It can be a clunker that just rusts. It can be a clunker that's never driven. If you know any of the statistics about what's going on in our country, actually globally, not just the United States, globally, what's going on from a health perspective, it's shocking. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you there is massive competition out there to just be healthy. Now, I'm going to share with you all of the competitors that we have in the journey of trying to be healthy. But nonetheless, we have an opportunity. We can treat this thing with reverence. We can view it as a gift or we can treat it as a clunker. I vote for gift. I vote for taking really good care of it. I have a reason to have become quote unquote obsessed with this world of being healthy. I am not going to sit here and make believe 
that since I was a teenager that I have been perfect in this world of staying physically and mentally perfect. No way anyone that tells you that's full of shit. The reality is I lost my dad when he was 51 years old. He did not take care of himself. When that happened, I had you know a younger brother, younger sister. My mom was all by herself. If anyone's lost a parent, it's like you know how precious that time is. When I lost my dad, needless to say, it was a punch in the gut, but it was also a wake-up call. The wake-up call that it provided me was, dude, you got one body. You don't get to trade it in. You can't go and get a tune-up and get it repaired. Now, well, gee, Mike, I had knee surgery or, yeah, Mike, well, I you know, had a, a heart attack and I came back finally. Yeah, you know what? It happens. We Fortunately, we live in the most modernized medical industry in the world, they can repair your body. I agree. But I didn't look at it that way. I said, what can I do to live not just a long time, but live well? You know, the, the old saying, it's not the number of years in your life, it's a life in your years. You know what? When I turned 52, it was a momentous day for me. Now, again, I was 23 when my dad died. When I turned 52, I'm like, thank you. Thank you, because I have the ability and I've, I've had the ability to have my two children grow up with me. Now, I am sure that there are times when they say, dad, you got your head up your ass. But guess what? I'll take it. I miss my dad. I miss him. I've missed him for a long time. But my point is, this was my reason. This was this was my catalyst. This was my jumping off point. This was this was the thing that that forced me to learn the rules of being healthy. You know, it forced me, it took me to that next level. It's like, Mike, you need to learn the rules of being healthy. And I did, I became obsessed. There were those times, the mistakes that I made in my career, when my business is either cranking and I'm traveling all over the world or my business is really shit in the bed and, and I'm down and depressed and sad and you know don't wanna work out. And I go to maybe food and alcohol to solve my problems. Don't let this happen to you. There is, a reality to this thing called life. There are things that we cannot control. You know, it's like oftentimes we're control freaks. Like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm big CEO. I'm entrepreneur. I'm like driving my business. You know what? Good for you. There are some things you can't control. You cannot control your parents. You cannot control where you grew up. You cannot control the, um, the financial status that you had. If you grew up in the inner city of uh, Detroit or you grew up with your last name being Trump, you're starting off in a pretty different place. We can't control our parents, which also means we cannot control our genetic makeup. Genetics makes a difference. If your mom and your dad were five foot two and five foot three, respectively, the chance of you being six, seven aren't good. There's this thing called genes. Now, I'm sure it's happened, right? I'm sure there's people that are like, hey man, I know this dude who's like six, nine and his parents are really short. Yeah, you know what? It happens. But in general, your genetic makeup is kind of a, a blueprint for your inner workings, physical workings, things like that. We can't control the weather. We can't control how many hours in a day, no matter how hard you work, we all only have 24 hours. If you wanna have a cookout and you say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna have a cookout, I'm gonna invite a whole bunch of people over and I'm like, I'm gonna turn the dial to sunny and 78. Can't do it. There are some things in life we cannot control. 
we cannot control, especially our genetics. So sometimes that genetic makeup is a disadvantage. Sometimes that genetic makeup is a curveball. I'm not saying that it's a death sentence. What I'm saying is that there are ways to combat it. Now, there are things that, you know, people still smoke a lot, smoke cigarettes, smoke uh, cigars, smoke pot. That is something that you have within your control, right? We all have the ability to do that. We also have the ability to put in other chemicals that are really bad, and that's in the form of food. But I'm going to talk through these things and my philosophy on this, and, and I promise you this is not preaching. This is what I do, and this is what I've done over the majority of my adult life to stay in a, as peak a state as humanly possible. Now, we all know who Steve Jobs was, right? Steve Jobs created Apple. He created Pixar. He did all of these amazing things and he died at age 56 from pancreatic cancer. There are some things that we can control, but a lot of it is genetic. He didn't have control of this. He didn't have control. And another story that is so near and dear to my heart is one of my good friends. His name was Kevin Gosnell. Kevin and I were in a networking group together when we were in our our forties, and we're you know we're both building companies at probably at the time maybe both of a both of us had twenty million dollar businesses. We became close. We became buddies, uh, as close as you can. He had a beautiful family. I had a beautiful family. We hung out together. It was great. And then I left this organization. The organization was called Vistage for a period of time. And I got a call from my buddy Kev. He called me and said, Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you come to my house? You know, I'm starting this new business. And I'd really like you to be part of the advisory board and part of the uh, leadership team that helps build the business. You didn't have to ask me twice. Got in the car, drove down there, got to his house. As I walked into his house, all around the table was a bunch of guys and women that were friends of mine and, and uh, CEOs of different groups, uh, different companies. And I walked into the house, I sat down and everyone was all excited. And Kevin goes, hey guys, I thank you all for coming here. I just wanted to share with you that I have ALS, I have Lou Gehrig's disease and I have about 18 months to live. And um, I've talked with all the doctors and there's really nothing that I can do. So what I'm doing is I'm going to build this organization in this nonprofit so that I can raise funds for AL ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. And I, I sat there when he was saying this and I broke down. I got up from the table. I went into the kitchen. I was talking to his wife, Kathy. And I'm like, Kathy, what, what is he talking about? And she said, yeah, Mike, he's, uh, he's got Lou Gehrig's disease and he's, and, and he's got a very fast moving form of the disease. Kevin, in, in a course of the balance of his 18 months, he created a nonprofit organization called ALS One. And since that time, and I want to say six or seven years ago, he's raised over $12 million going exclusively to research. He aligned himself with the best doctors in Boston, Mass General and, and Brigham and Women's and all of these unbelievable doctors that are all part of this cause to try and find a cure. Kevin didn't have a choice. He had no control of this. We still don't know what causes ALS. I know that we're getting closer and closer and closer to finding a cure, but man, what a blow. That, that hit me like a ton of bricks. So my point is, 
that there are things we do have control over and there are things that we don't have control over. The things that we can control, we got to do our damnedest to control. Now, I do have a belief on things that we can't control. I believe that we can control the inputs into our brain. You know, we can control our thoughts, our beliefs, our language, our physiology, our habits, our folk. There's a bunch of stuff that we can control. Like the inputs that go into our brain ultimately result in the outputs in our life, right? <laughs> you know, kind of like the computer program, garbage in, garbage out. We control the input. So my question to you is, what are the things that are going into your brain as it relates to your physical and mental health? as it relates to the growth of your business, as it relates to being a great parent, as it relates to being a great spouse. What are the things that are going into your brain? What are the things that are influence you? Is it poison that's going in or is it powerful? Are the inputs into your brain helping you go to the next level or are they holding you back? So many times I've experienced this and working with other entrepreneurs that they're putting garbage in and they're getting garbage out. When it comes to our health, like when it comes to exercise and nutrition or things like that, I also believe that garbage in and garbage out. What are the influences? What are the things that are influencing your decisions as it relates to that stuff? I have this absolute belief, and I'm not the first person to say this. This has come from, you know, this quote is from one of my mentors, one of the people that I've studied under Jim Rohn. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I always say you are number six. It's just ironic that this is my 10 biggest mistakes in business, number six, and you are number six, because quite honestly, I do think you are number six. I think that you are the sum and average of all the people you're hanging around with. And as it relates to health and fitness and wellness, who are the people that you're hanging around with? Are you hanging around with friends and relatives and spouses and influencers that are saying, you know what? Who cares, man? You know, you only get to live once, right? You know, might as well bang down burgers and fries and all sorts of shit. You know, that's a reality. And But if you're hanging around with people that are driven and committed, and focus on health and wellness and nutrition and exercise and all those things, like you're going to become them. So take a look, make a list. Who are the five people I am hanging around with, including family, including spouses, including brothers and sisters, including children, all of the people that are in your life that are wrapped around your decision-making process as it relates to health, make the list and then take a look at them. You know, you are going to become mentally and physically and financially uh, and spiritually, you will become the people that you hang around with. So if you have the opportunity to get different inputs, and, I, and I'm grateful as heck that you're listening to this or watching this because you're putting in different inputs. You may not have heard this stuff. I know when I was in my early 20s, I never heard this stuff either. It's relatively mainstream right now. Let me ask you, think about this, answer this question to yourself. What does exercise mean to you? Does exercise mean pain and frustration, sacrifice and don't have enough time and struggle and just what does it mean to you? Because whatever meaning you give something, that's going to manifest itself into reality. So if you think exercise is boring, if you think exercise is painful, if you think exercise is all about, I've got to be Mr. and Miss bodybuilder, if you think it's about being yelled at by a personal trainer, Whatever you perceive exercise to be, 
is what it's going to be. If you perceive exercise to be something that is fun, if you perceive going to a spin class with a bunch of friends as fun, if you perceive I get to join a yoga class or a yoga studio with people that are thinking the same, if you think of exercise as going for a walk with a friend or a relative or a spouse, that's exercise. Whatever you want it to be, exercise can be so many things. It's not the painful going to the gym and spending hours pumping iron. Yes, it can be. But the reality is whatever you perceive it to be, whatever your definition of exercise is, it's what's going to manifest in your life. If you are blessed to have the ability to move, if you are blessed with the ability to function and exercise and walk around, you have a gift. You have a gift and you have the ability to do it. Exercise does not have to be four hours a day. It doesn't have to be five hours at the gym. It can be 10 minutes. It can be five minutes. It can be 30 minutes. There are times that I'll just do 50 push-ups for no reason. Like, oh man, busy day. I'm still going to do something. I'm going to do some sit-ups. I'm going I'm to get on some machine. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a bike ride. My big thing, I love getting out there in the world and go mountain biking. Just, you know, trying new stuff, different trails. And, and But that that's my thing. Whatever your thing is, if you don't have a thing, try and find a thing. Try and start something. Go do something different. But move your body, man. We only got one of them. Now, the next thing is nutrition. When I talk about nutrition, know your competition. And what do I mean by that? Again, same type of question. What is your perception of healthy eating? If your perception of healthy eating is I have to eat raw broccoli or raw cauliflower or I'm eating salads all day. Guess what? You're not going there. You're not going to go there because no, that's not fun. It doesn't sound fun. Reality is there can be some really great foods, but I will tell you one thing that is not food. Not food is the shit that they have at so many of these takeout restaurants. It's just garbage. It's poison. Salts and sugars and fats are addictive. And this is what I mean by know the competition understand the competition. You know what the competition is? The competition is chemists. The competition is the people that are in the labs figuring out what kind of food that they can create that creates that connection between taste buds and brain cells. A French fry tastes really good. It's not accidental. It's the right amount of salt and stuff. It's just like, oh, it's so good. It's not food. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, geez, Mike, what do you eat? Salads all day? No, no, bullshit. I enjoy my French fries. You know, I, I enjoy chips and salsa and I enjoy junk food sometimes, but it's not all the time. It's a 5%, 10% thing. Most of the time I'm putting in the good stuff. Now I'm going to tell you in a little bit how I got to this world, how I got to the good stuff, but I can promise you when you are putting this garbage into your body, you are poisoning and degrading your body. Okay, Mike, you're getting on a soapbox now. You're getting a little out of control here. You're, you're preaching. You know what? I don't care what you think. I may be preaching, but you know what? It's true. I'm going to challenge when you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken or when you go to uh, some of these other places and you're banging down a whole plate full of fried chicken. I don't care what anyone says. It ain't good for you. It's crap. It's taking this thing, this gift that we've been given, this body, and it's just deteriorating it. All right, Mike, get off the podium. Get off the preacher's stool. I really want to. I have just been programmed now, and I'm not saying that 
in my 20s, I didn't eat crap. Of course I didn't. College, I ate garbage. As I got older, and especially after my dad died, I started to learn about this stuff. I started to make that connection between what goes in, comes out. It's not the years in our life. It's life in our years. It is impossible to out-exercise shit food. It's impossible. It's just impossible. This is not food. This is food. Now, I'm not saying that healthy eating and all this other stuff. Oh, gee, Mike, you're, gonna, you're telling me I got to eat vegetables all day? No, I'm not telling you that. There are some unbelievably healthy options that may not trigger the taste buds in the same way that French fries and fried chicken and greasy burgers do. Because greasy burgers, all the chemists are figuring out exactly what is the thing that goes in there that can make it so addictive. Food is a drug. Make no mistake about it. It's addictive. But food can also taste good. No, I, I think that this is an assortment of, you know, vegetables and chicken and fish and, and, and lean cut meats and things. It's like that, that can be good, but, oh, it takes too long to make. You know what? Don't make excuses. Plan in advance. Try and organize stuff. It's hard. It's difficult. We only have 24 hours in a day. But once you start to learn the beauty of healthy foods, it's magical. And I'll introduce you to my wife, Donna. She is the influence on me. She has been influencing me as it relates to food for over a decade. She's a plant-based coach. She's a health coach. She's a fitness nut. She became addicted to the world of healthy eating when her mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's at the age of 59. And her mom was only cognizant and connected to the world for another four to five years. And then she kind of lived in a vegetative state or a lack of memory for another decade. It's challenging, but she had a reason to learn what are the things that I can do in my life to offset something like early onset Alzheimer's. Now, there is proof beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you put good stuff in and your body is spinning on all good cylinders, then all of a sudden it has the ability to get rid of disease. I have not had a cold in probably eight years. Now I'm not saying that, gee, Mike, just because you exercise and eat well, you don't get a cold. No, I'm just saying I, I don't have a cold. I do have, you know, allergies in the, in the springtime, <laughs> but I, I typically don't get sick. I've been putting the good stuff in. And the reason I've been putting the good stuff in is because I hang around with someone, happened to be married to her, that is unbelievably knowledgeable about the world of healthy eating. My kids have been brought up on healthy eating as well. So if you're interested, she's got an unbelievable number of recipe books and exercise books and all sorts of stuff. Just go to mysavagesecrets.com. That's her website, mysavagesecrets.com. Whereas my website is thesavagesecrets.com. So needless to say, we're both savages. In any event, she's got some great recipe books and stuff there for you to learn and try and have fun with and videos, how to cook stuff. It's really great. So let me ask you, what is your reason for not taking care of this gift? I've made these mistakes. I have gotten sucked into the entrepreneurial world. I've gotten sucked in to work in a hundred hours a week. And you know what a lot of entrepreneurs do, especially when they start their companies. But this is one of my favorite excuses and hopefully you like it, but it's like, how come you can't work out today? Question, answer. 
Sorry, I can't come today. My sister's friends, mother's grandpa's, brother's grandson's uncle's fish died, and it was tragic. So it's a little facetious way of, of taking a look at excuses, but I'm telling you that if you start to get yourself surrounded by the right kind of people, they will encourage you and push you and challenge you. There's health coaches, there's personal trainers, there's just friends that work out with you. Hang around with friends that don't want to work out and think that hanging out by the pool and drinking martinis all day is, is the way, like, great. But when you get to the point where you're sick of it and you have a strong enough reason, you can transform. You can get to that next level. And so my question to you is, if you were on the journey of wanting to get healthier, what would be your reason? What is the strong enough reason to propel you to work out? If you say, I want to lose weight, I want to get healthy, I want to feel younger, I want, if you want to do something, I can promise you virtually 100 out of 100 times you will fail because it's hard because you got to understand the competition. The competition is television, the competition is social media, the competition is junk food. There's a whole bunch of competitors out there that want you to stay unhealthy. And they're winning, quite frankly. Look at the obesity rates in the country. They're winning. But if you have a strong enough reason, it's not a want, it becomes a must. And I'll tell you a story of a client that I have. He's in his early 60s and he had a heart attack. Had a heart attack. Ends up going to the hospital. They had to do six weeks of surgery. They had to do whole bunch of, you know, moving valves around. I don't even, I don't even know the whole story, but he was in the hospital for six weeks. He's in the hospital. And this whole time, his wife is at home alone. Not an easy time. They've got children. They've got grandchildren. And he comes home from the hospital. He was very overweight, did not take care of himself in any way, shape or form. Like, Mike, you know what? Help me get to that next level. What do I need to do? I'm like, dude, you know, what, what's your reason? Goes, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I really want to get healthy. All right, what are you going to do next? Well, next week I'm going to, I'm going to go for a ride. I'm going to spin class. I'm going to go walk around the track at the, at the local high school. He had all these grand plans. And so week one goes by. So, Hey, did you get to walk around the track? Did you go and work out on your bike? Uh, you know, like I, I had all this stuff going on. My business was crazy. I had, I had this next thing. Next week goes by next week goes by. Same excuse. Now, this is a dude that was just in the hospital and had surgery on his damn heart. So he's coming home. And for the next month, he's had all these excuses. And I said, what's the deal? Like, seriously, man, it's like you just got back. Your situation wasn't good. It, it remains not good. But you, you said the right things, but you're not taking action. Why, why are you not taking action? Like, oh, I don't know, Mike, you know, life's just getting in the way. I said, no, that's not it. I said, you don't have a strong enough reason why. You haven't internalized why it is essential for you to get healthy. If it's a want and it's not a must, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. So I said, let me ask you a question. How did, his wife's name is Jill. I said, how did Jill feel during those seven weeks when you were at the hospital. How, how, was she, how was she feeling? She said, oh, Mike, my God, she was scared to death. It's like, we've been together. We we're high school sweethearts. We've been together for, for a whole bunch of years. It's like, she is my everything. She's my, my dream. I said, no, how did you, how'd your kids feel? He has three girls. How'd your kids feel? Oh my God, they were scared. They're like, no one wants to lose their dad. Well, what about your grandchildren? Like, yeah, they, they were scared too. You got, you know, five or six grandchildren. And I said, dude, if you can't get your butt to the gym 
or to the track to walk around for you, why don't you do it for them? I said, forget about you. Don't make this about you. Make this about them. And he created this little sheet on his, on his mirror. And it said, I will work out today for Jill and my girls and my grandchildren. That was his motivator. If you cannot find a strong enough reason why to get to that next level, to stay healthy, you're not going to make it. The fast food industry in the junk food industry, in the carbonated beverage soda industry, and the Netflix industry, they all want you to be sedentary. They want you to not move. You have a strong enough reason, you can get there. If you have a strong enough reason, it has to become a must for you. So I'm going to close with this. First off, unbelievably grateful that you joined me today. I have another ebook called Triple Threat. There's only three ways to grow your business. If you're interested in that, you can download it at thesavagesecrets.com slash triple. This isn't a 400-page book, but it's a fun read, and I think that you're going to like it. Let's wrap up with this. So that's, I, I like to say, that's a wrap. W-R-A-P, Winner's Rapid Action Plan. So let's go and just take some action. Take ourselves to that next level. Where do we want to go? Where do we want to be? What is, what is it that is important to us? How do we get this thing and cherish this thing called our body and our health? So first one, find your why. Try and figure out what it is that will propel you to get your butt off of the couch and out onto the street walking or over to the gym or doing something. Find something that will propel you and compel you to get to that next level. And if you can't work out and take care of your body and take care of your health for you, do it for someone you love because your loved ones want you there. Your loved ones want you happy and healthy, and vibrant, and energetic. Your loved ones do not want you on a couch, in a chair, disabled, in a hospital bed. They don't want that. They want you to be you because they love you. That's number one, find your why. Number two, who are your five? So I guess the, the question is, when I mentioned earlier, you are number six, you know, you're the average of the five people they hang around with. Who are your five? Make a list of the five people that you are closest to and ask yourself, where are they from a health standpoint? Where are they from a physical fitness standpoint? Where are they from a, a taking care of their body standpoint, both physical health and mental health? Where are they? And if they are at a spot where you aspire to be, then man, go after it, dig deeper. If they are not, then you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family to find the people and hang out with the people. Now, I'm not saying physically hang out with. You can be on podcasts. You can be on webinars. You can watch YouTube videos. Get in front of someone that can inspire you and get you going and get you fired up and get you energized. I'll spend some time with you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a kick in the ass. I'll get you going. But who are those five? Who are those five? Because those five are determining, you know, for all intents and purposes, what your body and what your life is like. If you're an athlete, you're going to hang out with athletes. And what do athletes do? Athletes take care of their bodies. If you're on a track and field team and you want to be the best, hang out with the best. It's all about who is influencing you today in your life in the areas that you want to get to that next level on. Number three, I would say this is, this is huge. Action in any way, shape, or form is better than doing nothing. So even if it is simply a matter of, you know what, before I go to bed, I am going to put my sneakers and my gym clothes right next to my bed. And as soon as I step out of bed, I'm going to strip down my pajamas. I'm going to put on my workout clothes and 
I'm just going to sit and have coffee. You know what? If that's what you do on day one, great. But don't think that just because you get all jacked up and energized for 24 hours, you know, uh, 30 days, it's not going to get you. You have to have that inspiration and that aspiration. But everything always starts with one step. Take that step today, whatever that step may be for you. Maybe it's just going to go walk a mile. Maybe it's walk on a treadmill. Maybe it's do some, you know, some stretching. Maybe it's do some yoga. For the most part, we have access to the internet. We have access to streaming videos. We have access to YouTube. We have access to all of these things that are out in the world that we can bring into our lives to motivate us and inspire us to get our butts off the couch, right? So cool. And number four is I would encourage you wherever you are to be grateful for what you have and for what you have really may be shit. You may have been handed a curveball at birth. You may have been handed a curveball in your upbringing, in your parents, and whatever it may be. You may be, have been handed a curveball from a physical limitation. Wherever you're at, be grateful for what you have. Because gratitude is one. I have a whole course called Savage Sunrise. It's how I start my day every single day. You know what? No, I'm not going to bullshit. It's not every single day. <laughs> I, would, I would say I'm probably... 350 out of 365 days a year, I start my day this way. I start it with meditation and gratitude because there's a lot of challenges that go on in the world. There are these horrific wars. There are terrible things that go on with shootings in schools. It's just this horrific stuff going on in the world. Be grateful for what you got. Be grateful for what you have today because gratitude is one of those magic things you know, you can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. You can't be grateful and pissed off at the same time. You can't be grateful and um, unhappy at the same time. Gratitude is one of those things. And when you take a look, if you have the ability with your body, be grateful that what you have, you have the ability to move it and get out there. So if you have that ability, be grateful for it. I, I have three coaches in my life right now because I'm you know, a few years ago, I started a new business in a new industry, and I'm doing different stuff. So I'm learning from people that are all, already there. They've already done this. They've been there and done that. And so when it comes to our health, if you have the ability to get someone into your life that can kick you in the butt and motivate you, and, and again, teach you the proper ways of exercise, whatever it might, and guess what? It doesn't, don't say, oh, I don't have the money. That's another BS excuse. There's stuff online for free. You know, you can find this stuff online for free that can help you get going. But what a coach or a mentor does is they are not going to let you make excuses. If they're good, they're not going to let you make excuses. You know, if they're good, they're going to try and give you a path to get yourself going. And they're going to keep you motivated and they can keep you inspired. And they're going to keep you fired up and energetic and focused on the right stuff. Because there's a reality. Whatever we put in our brain will manifest itself into our lives. And so if you have the ability to get a coach or a mentor, whether it be virtual or physical, whatever it may be, they can work magic. A coach at one point saved my life. What do you mean, Mike? Well, several years ago, I was going through a bad situation. I ended up losing my mom. I had a business that wasn't doing so great. You know, my wife was sick. Like there was a whole bunch of yuck. I was in a bad spot. And this coach pulled my head out of my ass and wouldn't allow me to have excuses. Wouldn't allow me to talk negatively. Wouldn't allow me to visualize crap. He pushed me to get to the next level. So 
So a coach or mentor is, is worth its weight in gold. I am beyond grateful that you joined me today. If you are watching this, please subscribe or like or share this video. I'd love to hear your comments. If you think I have my head on my ass, give it to me. I love it because I'm always trying to prove if this is a, a podcast, listen on a podcast, please share it. And if you have a situation where you just want to wrap or you got a question, shoot me an email at coachmike at the savagesecrets.com, coachmike at the savagesecrets.com. And I'd be, I'd be grateful to, you know, get on a, a chat or a Zoom. If you're trying to take your business to the next level, obviously I'd, I'd, I'd welcome a chat, but I wish you a phenomenal day. Dream big, go kick some butt. And I look forward to seeing you again.